0: buying buying now versus waiting right like you you feel like you missed the market think about it like you're running for the bus right you're running for the bus and you miss the bus what are you gonna do you're gonna keep chasing that bus that bus is gone the same is true of the market right
1: This is dave steinberg and this is your the mortgage is made easy podcast we are here with my friend the io stevens the io is a realtor with exit realty here in queens and he's a neighbor he lives like a quarter of a mile from where i do and so great guy really really superb realtor and he was telling me a story just recently about an estate transaction that he was involved with.
0: Tell, tell us some more. Sure, sure. Well, thank you David for uh, for having me here. It's my my pleasure to uh to do this with you. Um yeah, so we were talking about uh about a, a deal that I closed recently. And uh the way it, it so came hold to on me. A minute.
1: I don't are you hearing that siren in the background? Uh, By not, you? I had it on my side. Okay. You didn't hear oh, it. it. I didn't. So well, let's do it again. So, um, Hey, um, start, start again.
0: Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, let me start. Yeah. So let me start from. You'll cut uh, in the intro.
0: Okay. Gotcha, yeah. Hi, David. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to do this with you. And yeah, so we were talking about a, a recent transaction, uh, where it's funny, the way it came to me was another agent out of, out of area, I referred it to me as an emergency. Basically, this property was about to be foreclosed. Um, And there were uh, two, yeah, there were supposed to be three, but there were two tax liens uh, against the property. So as I uh, got involved and I I did my research, I I uncovered that uh, the property was actually owned by two deceased parties, right, two siblings. Uh, the one that passed away first, uh, her estate was never settled, so that was still an open issue. Uh, and she had no no kids. She did have other family members, you know, nieces and, and nephews. Um, and uh, and then the other surviving owner uh, passed away, you know, a couple of years prior, and you know the, the estates just hadn't been been dealt with, uh, although they were uh, started. Uh, just the the progress, you know, hadn't hadn't really been there. So when it came to me, it was like, hey, you know, this property needs to be sold because otherwise it's going to be foreclosed. And certainly, if they got anything after, you know, losing the property, it wouldn't be what they otherwise would have been able to get, and it wouldn't be under their terms. So so ultimately, we had a, a few issues. Uh, uh, impending foreclosure. Foreclosure started for the tax liens uh, that that had been sold um uh two estates completely unresolved. Uh heirs that you know have family dynamics, you know, cousins, you know, siblings. Mom like best and it different different interests, different needs. Uh ultimately, uh we got pretty good cooperation because originally uh one of the uh great nieces uh lived in the property and and that person vacated to facilitate our, our selling it. Property needed a lot of work, right? It also had a lot of stuff in it, um, and you know, it was just one challenge after another. So um, the estate process uh, was, for whatever reason, continuing to not progress efficiently, and yet the real estate market was changing, and the market could care less about the estate process. We also had the, the issue of the impending foreclosure. Um, you know, ultimate, Ultimately, I was able to counsel the primary contact, you know, my primary client on alternatives to prevent or forestall that foreclosure. So we were able to buy time, but we bought a certain amount of time and at expense to the heirs who really weren't in a position to be funneling money into this situation. And for whatever reason, the estate process continued to drag, and drag, and drag. And so we kept getting closer and closer to these deadlines of, hey, we're not going to have the money to keep this thing from going to foreclosure. Um, so ultimately, I, I was able to prevail upon the uh, the clients that uh, there's a a different way to handle getting that property transferred. And it's not the, the most conservative way, but as I continued to do my research, I determined that it was 100% doable based on their fact pattern, right? And uh, and that was ultimately to sell it by heirs at law as, a, as opposed to through the administration process. Um, and we built in protection, so everybody would be covered and it would make it easier for the estate attorney to eventually be able to do it, what they needed to do. Uh, very complicated, and there were some surprises along the way, like, oh, that's new information that could have caused, caused us to have to pivot or to not be able to, to do it the way we did. But here's the deal. Uh, we were able to successfully close it. The uh, we I, I'm sure I shaved uh, at least a year off of their process. Converting that equity to cash so that they could put it through the estate or distribute it. Uh, there were a bunch of things that came up such as whether or not there was a need for date of death evaluations on the property. Right. Um, and each step of the way, you know, I guided them through this. And, uh, and ultimately their, their attorney reached out to me uh, who did not, this is the estate attorney, not the real estate transaction attorney. Uh, their attorney reached out to me and say, Hey, you know, I didn't realize that, that this could be done. I'm so glad that they hired you. You really knocked it out of the park because, you know, this is a phenomenal result. And interestingly enough, that estate attorney, actually was familiar with the house she had been in the house some five or six years earlier so she knew the condition at that time and uh so it was uh it was a glowing endorsement and really just a recognition of the reality right the reality is we saved them at least a year of time right we saved them uh the losses associated with foreclosure right uh we maximized their the estate's net equity so that they The relatives will get the most that they could get out of it while reducing a lot of their, their risks, apparent risks and risks that they might not have even realized that they were, they were at. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it was a fantastic, everybody thrilled. Um, And I'm just glad that, you know, I had uh, clients who, you know, follow my lead, you know, they didn't have a perfect scenario and very often they don't. Um, but this is why people choose me, right? When the going gets tough, I usually have a solution, right? And, uh, and yeah, and so- That's, that's
1: really great. one of the great differences that people remove from real estate don't understand, that there's a huge difference between a realtor who does it part-time or you know uh, someone who is- a realtor, but not necessarily um, taken the time to master the various issues that come through a realtor's desk, from whether it be estate, whether it be divorce, whether it be um, bankruptcy and foreclosure. All of those things come together, and it's it's sort of what I what I like to tell my clients is you pay the same fee. To the journeyman realtor, as you do to the master realtor. And you might as well work with a master. And Dio, you're the master. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us. This is the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. And we've been uh, raced with uh, my friend Dio Stevens, who uh, I'm sure will be back at a future date. Thank you so much. If you own a home today and you either have already put solar, uh, solar panels on your on your roof or you're considering, think about it from the perspective of the transaction where you will ultimately sell the home. My friend Dio Stevens, who's a great realtor here in Queens with Exit Realty, was telling me about his experiences. And in, in fact, you said you're currently dealing with something like this? sure yeah yeah tell us a little
0: bit more okay sure so solar everybody thinks that solar is uh is a great addition to their house and uh and it's got its pros and cons
1: and it will save you on utilities and that's great
0: it will save potentially save you on utilities so i'll tell you uh and i'll give you an example of of how this shows up but First, if you don't have solar, right? When you're thinking about whether or not you should add solar and you're getting excited about it, there's one thing I want you to consider. Think about what your time horizon, your anticipated time horizon in the house will be, okay? Because- Well, it's important because if you finance the solar system, right? Like most people in my experience lease them, uh, it effectively creates a lien against your property for the total amount of the cost of the lease, right? Uh, and the solar is only guaranteed to be there for the term of the lease. So, if you sign a twenty-year solar lease, but you sell your house in five years, well, you got fifteen years left. And if you pay out, pay off that lease, maybe that it will be tens of thousands of dollars, almost guaranteed, right? I have one now, which I'll talk about, which is over thirty thousand dollars, and it's just this scenario. But you have to ask yourself, okay, if I if I put the solar system in, a will I have the net net savings over my time horizon with the house? And whether I do or not, maybe maybe that's a priority for you. Maybe it isn't. But what's going to happen when I sell the property, right? Uh, or if I, you know, um, assuming I decide to sell the property, or for whatever other reason I need to get rid of the property and move on. What are my obligations? You know how am I protected?
1: So and also, what is the buyer? Where's the buyer coming in? Because you may be extremely interested in a home with solar, but it, it's not clear how a buyer will value the home, where the buyer will apply in their mind the premium. Let's say it's a six hundred thousand dollar house without solar. Will the buyer value it at six thirty with solar, or will the buyer say, "I still want to offer six hundred thousand if they don't if they don't add a premium, then the lease, the lien now has to come from somewhere
0: that's right. And in my experience, buyers don't you know, sellers think, hey, this is an upgrade to the house, right? This is a selling feature. Buyers typically don't, right? They think, mm-hmm oh wait, it's another obligation and I had to pay electric. I don't know if that's a good deal, right? I don't necessarily wanna take over. Oh, and these panels are five years, six years, seven years old. If it didn't have solar and I put solar on, I get a better system, right? So typically the way to think about it is what are the benefits I will derive while over the time period that I own the house? And does it make sense? Now, if you have a long time horizon, right? Chances are, it's gonna make sense for you to do it. If you don't, maybe it makes sense, but you just got to think about these things, right? So, let's shift into uh, a matter I'm dealing with now. So, it's hired to sell a property. Uh, you know, it's a it's an average property. You know, anybody who buys is probably going to make some improvements to it, but it's got a beautiful solar system, uh, which is five years old on a on a lease from one of the premier solar companies in the in the country, and. It saves the, the sellers a lot of money. They use a lot of electric in their typical electric bill. It's like 20 bucks. Sometimes it's under 20 bucks. Every once in a while, there's a big one, right? But for the most part, saving the money. And they spend probably 170 bucks a month on the solar lease. In this case, 20 year lease, uh, five years have, have been up. And when I first met with them and this came up, you know, I cautioned them that, hey, you know, the solar is a real issue. and We should anticipate having some challenges along the way. And we need to know what our options are to deal with it and what works for you, what you're willing to do and what you're not. It's gonna impact impact our pricing, our positioning and our negotiations. So one thing to understand is that when buyers are shopping for a house, they're not putting in or telling their agent, hey, look for something with solar, right? It's not something that buyers search on. They search on location, size of the house, number of bedrooms, price range that that they're qualified for, and, uh, and what makes the most sense to them from a, a value perspective. But they're not searching on utilities. They're just not doing it. So they see a house, agent shows the house, like the house. And then suddenly the conversation comes up at, hey, you know, you have to either, in this case, let's assume it's a solar lease, right? Most common. Um, You've got to take over the lease. Well, wait a minute. That's another obligation. By the way, they have to be credit approved, right? So it creates some issues, right? Maybe the solar company doesn't want them to have it. Well, now the seller-
1: Or or from, you know, since I'm a mortgage guy, they also now have to qualify
0: with the additional nut. Exactly, exactly. And so ultimately when there's a, a lease, you know, somebody can buy out the lease, right? Seller or buyer can buy it out, but that's typically an additional- uh, multiples of tens of thousands of dollars, right? So in this particular case, it's over $30,000 of, of additional expense. Now, if you think I mean about the it- net, you, the, the net balance on the lease. Right, correct. Yeah. Yep. To pay off everything that was owed on the lease, in this particular case, they would own the system, right? Um, and benefit for as long as they kept the system or until they upgraded. But if the seller, uh, if no buyer was willing to take it over and the seller had to, To pay it off, right? Well, their net equity drops in this case by over $30,000. So the question becomes uh, Did they benefit over $30,000 over the holding period that they had the property after adding the solar, right? At the end of the day, we don't live in a perfect world. We got to do what we got to do, right? But if you don't have a system, you're thinking about it. These are some of the things to think about. Now, obviously, you know, obvious to me. Tell us the story. And obvious to David. I, I've been doing this a long
1: time. So I'm yeah, what's the punchline? What
0: ended up happening on the transaction? Okay, so what's happened on the transaction? Well, let me say. So we had multiple uh, uh offers over time, and a couple of times the agents for the buyers really uh didn't handle the solar part well, right? In one case, they told me that they discussed it with the buyer, buyer understood they were taking over the solar lease. And then I met the buyer and the buyer said, so there's solar on this house. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we had to go through through a few buyers and ultimately, you know, we had some that were willing to, to take over the lease. And we're in the process of signing contracts, uh, which saves my seller in this case over $30,000, right? But in many cases, the seller would have lost that money, right? Mm -hmm. And frankly, we still have to make sure that the people get their financing and the solar company approves them because it could still come back to to bite us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the kind of of solution you want. But if you don't have a system on and you're thinking, do I do it? Do I not do it? Always think about the time horizon. Think about what am I getting for the time that I'm going to be in the property? And you know Mm -hmm. what? Sometimes you have to shift. Maybe you think you're going to be in there 30 years and you decide you're out in five. Okay, fine, right? But at least now you know that if you have a solar system, the marketing and the positioning of the property has to be done strategically because of how buyers search, what their expectations are. And frankly, you have to have a plan from the beginning. One point I will say on this is that my client, when I brought this up early on, was really skeptical of this being an issue. Why would anybody, why would this be a bad thing, right? Well, they found out that I had prepared them appropriately because we actually had to deal with this a few times. And so mm. far, so good. I think this transaction will will work out well and everybody is happy. Um, but this is why David, you and I were, were talking about it because this is becoming much, much more common.
1: So what my lesson from this is, um, number one, as you said, if you're thinking about putting solar onto your home, just make sure that it's consistent with your long-term objectives for the home. And that number two, when when it's time for you to sell a home, or even when it's time for you to buy a home, make sure you're working with someone like the IO who is really knowledgeable and who can prepare you and communicate to the To the seller, to the realtors involved, just what's entailed here, Um, because the last thing you want is as a surprise uh, at the closing table or, you know, food fight at the closing table. Yeah, contract
0: signing. Yeah, the attorneys have to. This has to go into the contract, and a lot of times that's the issue. That's when it becomes an issue.
1: Right, and you know, and. I have seen situations on purchases and on refinances where the parties involved weren't educated about it. They they knew they had solar, but they really didn't realize that let's say solar was a lien on the property. And we've had, let's say certain instances when on a refinance, we had to get a subordination from the solar company to allow us to close. And this just adds complexity. Complexity is fine if you've got great professionals working with you. Thank you so much, D.I.F. Thank you so much for that uh, insight and uh, good luck on the transaction. Thank you. Hi, this is your mortgage guy, Dave Steinberg, and this is the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. I am sitting here with my friend, Yayo uh, Stevens. Yayo is a great realtor with 20 plus years of experience. He's at uh, Exit in uh, Queens. And he and I were talking about the real estate market uh, here. Uh, it's uh, December 27th of 2023. It's been an exciting year. And Yayo, um, what are you seeing in the real estate market? How is it as a market? if I wanted to sell my home today?
0: Ah, the age old question, how's the market? So so it depends, but I will say uh, in most cases, if you're a seller now, uh, it's a fantastic time. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, interest rates have have gone up tremendously. And so that puts uh, the brakes on the market a little bit. But in most areas in downstate New York, uh, the prices are are higher now than they were last year. So the rate of appreciation may have slowed, but it's still been an appreciating market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's despite dramatic changes in the cost uh, for a buyer of, of purchasing. Um, but that happens, right? Like, you know, it's just, it's the nature of the market. People just aren't used to it in the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would also say, that ironically if you're a buyer and you're in a position to buy buy now buy now yeah the interest rates are not at all-time lows guess what they almost never are (laughs) um and um and frankly you know if you've, you've got a good lender right like like david you get um advice and guidance on on how to make it work for you uh one thing an adage in the industry is uh uh, marry the home date the rate right mm-hmm. uh, and the truth of the matter is there there are many uh, ways to to buy and compete in a high rate and a high a higher interest rate market just most people don't know them right They don't know them and frankly most real estate agents it's, it's not an area of, of deep ep- expertise for them uh, but there are there are solutions. If you're a seller in the market now, you might be thinking, oh, well, I have this fantastic interest rate, right? Uh, Maybe, maybe uh, because I have all this equity now that I didn't have before, if they even realize that, uh, maybe if I didn't have such a great interest rate, I would refinance my house, take some money out and use it to buy another property. But now I don't want to give up a 3% interest rate, end up with a 7% interest rate. Right. So so where people don't know the possibilities, a lot of times it locks them into what they have and they and they lose out on opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I were a person in that situation, I would reach out to David and say, hey, you know, what's the possibility, for example, of taking taking out a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan? Right. Mm -hmm. That loan would be at a higher interest rate. Sure. But I don't have to touch my existing mortgage. You know, maybe there are alternatives. Uh, so so what I would say is that the market is fantastic. The challenge is that commonly people don't understand how to work the market that they're in, right? When everything is easy and simple and plain Jane, right? People will take advantage of a market because it seems pretty obvious. When the market changes, the people who win are the people that have the best guidance, that have the best strategies. Mm. And frankly, you know, with all the letters after my name and the and the money and time and, and decades that I put into developing my career, you're not gonna you're not gonna become a real estate expert, and you don't need to be. You just need to be in touch with the right real estate experts who can evaluate your system, help you take advantage of it. So the market is great if you, as the buyer, say, "Hey, I'm gonna wait, right? I'm gonna wait for prices to come down, right? You might be waiting a long time, <laughs> right? I remember, look, I'm 21." or more years in the business. And I remember being a couple of years in and people saying, oh, the market's gonna come down, right? Like I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait. So 2002, we went through 2005, the market in our area started to turn over, right? 2007, eight people were feeling the pain, but guess what? It wasn't less than the prices in 2002, right? So the people that waited ultimately lost out, right? So yeah. that's you what know, I say. That's, Thanks
1: for raising that because what a lot of people don't understand is that, let's say I'm a buyer in today's market and I want to, and I say, well, you know what? I'm going to wait a year. And in that year, I'll be able to save $10,000 more for my down payment. Well, there are a couple of things that we know. And the first is you may not be able to save the $10,000 but the second thing is the odds are that the cost of the house will go up probably much more than $10,000 depending on the kind of a home you're looking at and so you'll end up almost like the hamster on a treadmill always you know running 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 but not quite getting there um and, and so my advice to people is if you can afford the house today buy it today um your what happens a year from now two years from now if you do manage to save more great you'll put out a bigger down payment if you have enough for uh, let's say five percent down plus a uh, plus your closing costs etc that's great we can get you that mortgage and it's a great market for first-time homebuyers. That's the other thing people don't understand. It's just a great market for first-time homebuyers. There are so many programs out there. Uh, for people in Queens, There are, there's a $5,000 grant available for first-time homebuyers that probably 1% of all realtors are aware of. Um, uh, there are grant programs, low-interest rate offers, Tons of offers out there for eligible first-time homebuyers, and you know, and, and again, waiting sometimes gets you into trouble. I also love what you said about sellers, because if you you know really people sell because of life events more often than not. There's a new child, so you need a bigger home. Your kids graduate from school, and now they. They've left you and now you're an empty nester. And we see you must see this all the time. Empty nesters in big, big homes, they don't want to move because of interest
0: rates. Does that make any sense to you? It's 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 crazy. So it's very easy for someone to be uh, uh house rich and cash poor, especially empty nesters, right? Grandma's house, nobody's lived there but but grandma for for, for decades. And she's having trouble eating, right, or taking care of herself, you know, that's, that's locked up equity. And anybody that gives her advice that the interest rate should should dictate what she does in that situation doesn't have enough information. You you really have to be careful who you get your information from. And, you know, David, I just wanted to say something. You made a, an excellent point, right, about, uh, uh, you know, buying buying now versus waiting, right? Like you you feel like you missed the market. Think about it like you're running for the bus, right? You're running for the bus and you miss the bus. What are you gonna do? You're gonna keep chasing that bus? That bus is gone. The same is true of the market, right? If two years ago, the market was surprisingly good, right? And even then, if you're a buyer, you probably weren't feeling it was surprisingly good you just knew that everybody was getting in. And so, hey, you know, let me get in too. But if you miss the low interest rate market, that bus is gone. That doesn't mean you don't go to work, right? Catch the catch the bus that's available to you now, you know? So so all of these common sense things that you apply in your day-to-day decision-making really apply to, to real estate and, and mortgage financing. It's just a question of, do you have the right information? And if you If you don't, if you think you do, you don't, right? And if you know you don't, how do you get it? You just have to get with the right professionals for appropriate consultations, you know? And that's really the key, you know? Mm. Uh, David is very knowledgeable and experienced. You're going to get a different experience consulting with him than you might by going to, you know, the bank that you have your deposits in and saying, hey, you know, there's a mortgage person here I can speak with. You know, it's it's a different experience. Mm, thank you, thank you.
1: No, this has been great. I really appreciate it. So um, let's do this again next quarter, and um, let's check in. I um, what I'm hearing you say is, it's a great market to sell your home, and I'm going to return the favor uh, with DIO and say that if you are in uh, Brooklyn, Queens, and uh Western NASA and you are looking to sell a home you can't do better than having a great professional like the IO on your side um, remember that you're going to pay the same commission to a newbie realtor as you are to someone like the IO who's managed real estate offices has coached Realtors um, is a CRS which is uh, a title reserved to the top. Few percent of all realtors in the country. Um, you can't do any better than working with DIO. This has been the Mortgages Made Easy uh, podcast, and thank you so much for joining me, DIO.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.